everyone remain calm. Yeah, ooh, ah, that's how it always starts. And later there's running and screaming. Somebody talk to me, what is happening? Welcome to Jurassic World. You're listening to the Jurassic Park Podcast. You want to consult here or in my bungalow? <laughs> Hold on to your butt. Well, we're back. Hello and welcome to the 156th episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. I am your host, Brad Jost, and we're here to discuss all things Jurassic Park. So, guys, everybody knows Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom has officially released here in the United States. It's about time, and it was a blast. I actually did get a chance. My plans ended up switching up this past weekend, and I was able to go see the movie. So, um, and uh, that was my second time seeing it, but you guys know that. And it was still a blast, and it was great to kind of get back at it and uh, see everything once again. And I, I hope everybody out there had a blast seeing this movie. I know some of you didn't, unfortunately. I know there are mixed opinions on this movie. I've seen the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. And, of course, everybody else in between. But, you know, I think, for me even, I think it needed a second viewing to kind of satisfy a lot of those opinions I had that were on the lower end. But, um, I don't know. Maybe some people won't give it that chance. Uh, You know, the movies are expensive these days. But I know I had a blast. I hope you did, too. Um, And also, this week, we also have The Evolution of Claire coming out to to, uh, bookstores around the country on the 26th. Now, uh, that's written by Tess Sharp. If you didn't hear that episode, we had that last week. Uh, But, yeah, that's so exciting. I've been reading it, guys, and it is full of really awesome details i think you're all gonna really really like tying into so much um of the past i don't want to give away too much here um but it just really ties into things and and i I can't i can't even talk about it without spoiling things so I'm, i'm just gonna leave it at that i think you're gonna really like that one but let's talk about today's episode We're going to bring you a Fallen Kingdom box office report in the news. After that, we'll hear episode 25 of Extinction Level Jurassic Park. Now, last episode heavily focused on Tim and Sarah after they jumped off the cliff and uh, later came into contact with a beast in the water. And in today's episode, we're going to continue to follow that duo as they escape numerous horrific encounters and i think we're also going to hear some of the best acting in this series i think you're really going to love that and of course after extinction level i'm going to give you my thoughts in the after show wrapping up some of the best moments from episode 25 and following that we're going to move into the visitor center and chat with kirk miller producer of the amazing motion theater experience mx4d we're going to discuss bringing jurassic world fallen kingdom into mx4d and what you can expect with that experience later on we discuss a ticket giveaway so you can go see jurassic world fallen kingdom in mx4d you're not going to want to miss that one But before we get into this awesome episode, we do have a few things to mention. Um, Last week, our host, um, the service that we used to provide this podcast, transferred all the feeds over to a new service. So you may have experienced uh, a little interruption in the podcast feed. It was a bit difficult to download for some. And uh, yeah, I'm really sorry about that. Um, The issue should be fixed at this time as far as i can tell if you guys are still experiencing issues let me know so i can forward it along to the host Uh, but uh, i did want to apologize to anybody experiencing those issues of course it had to go down why why did it have to go down during the week jurassic world fallen kingdom was released but anyway this uh last week we actually had um a great episode and i just wanted to mention that just in case you didn't get to to listen to it like i mentioned earlier tess sharp uh was our guest last week in the visitor center she wrote the evolution of claire we talked all about that book uh what went into you know her writing it and her experience writing in the past and uh, i think it was a really great episode a lot of people that did listen to it loved it and uh gained some great insight into that book so definitely check that one out our our bonus episode from last week was actually 
our Fallen Kingdom spoiler reaction, um, which we recorded all the way back in June 5th um, when we went to New York. I, I went with Jen, uh, Jennifer Tarek, and Chris Pugh from Jurassic Outpost, and we recorded on the streets of New York, so definitely listen to that. If you haven't, or if you plan on seeing Fallen Kingdom sometime this week, Definitely download that one and take a listen. It's also all over the place. It's on YouTube. It's on our podcast feed, our website, wherever else you want to find it. Um, But this week, we hopefully should be bringing you, uh, I think, some more Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom coverage. Stay tuned for that. Uh, We're still in the process of making those plans. But we'll definitely be uploading another bonus episode. I know. I know. I'm sorry, guys. Once June's done, maybe we'll slow down. I don't know. Who knows? Um, but we do have another bonus episode this week, uh, which is a recap of the first 25 episodes of Extinction Level Jurassic Park before the final episode airs in a few weeks. It has been a long ride. It's been, what, like uh, over a year now, I think, uh, bringing you Extinction Level Jurassic Park from Arjun Boss. I mean, this thing is so fantastic. I've loved hosting it here on the show getting uh, people the chance to listen to it and experience it because it's an awesome radio drama. And I think you, if you if you skipped over it, maybe if you missed some of the early ones, you didn't really know what was going on, I think this recap will give you a chance to kind of catch up. And uh, so make sure to check that one out before that final episode. I did want to notate, uh, we did a video last week where I got a package from Keebler that uh, featured that amazing Uh, Keebler limited edition box that actually had a video screen inside the lid. What? It had a video screen that when you open the the cookie box, it played behind the scenes footage for Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. It had a play and pause button. It had volume buttons and you can charge this thing so you can continually watch it if you wanted to. And of course, inside there was cookies, definitely cookies, and I've been eating them. So don't, don't, you know, don't come at me. I'm eating those cookies. Uh, but we did upload that video so you can uh, see the entire thing. I know it was a very, very limited product. Uh, so make sure to check that out on our YouTube video feed. Wow, that's not a thing. Just YouTube. So check it out over there and because uh, it's really awesome. But um, we also did run a few contests last week. Um, so first off, we gave away two copies of uh, The Evolution of Claire from Tess Sharp. And I just wanted to announce those winners here on the podcast. So congratulations to Taylor Bowes and Matt Munoz. Uh, Hopefully I got your names right, guys. Sorry. Um, uh, But uh, yeah, congratulations to them. I'm sending out those copies very soon. And we also did give away two copies of the game Jurassic Park Danger over on Facebook. And congratulations to JT McGill and Sarah Basinger for winning those two copies. Those are being sent out as well. Thank you so much. You guys were crazy last week. Everybody submitted to those contests, um, and we're still running a few more, so the fun is not over yet. We're only halfway through the giveaway for the Mattel prize pack, so make sure to have it, head over to our Instagram page, follow our page, like the contest post, tag a friend in that post to enter yourself into the contest. Now, that contest is ending uh, midnight, actually, 12 a.m. on Friday, June 30th. And uh, there's a lot of great stuff in there. There was a grand prize. There was a runner-up pack. So there's there's good stuff in there. And uh, this week, we're actually running some more contests. So we the, the new one that we're actually starting is, um, you'll hear it later on, but it's tickets to MX4D. And uh, you're going to learn all about that later on. So make sure to tune into the Visitor Center. And uh, we're also working with the amazing artist Mike Spires to give some incredible Jurassic World inspired artwork. We do have three amazing pieces of art to go uh, into your collection. We have one featuring the Indominus Rex and two others that feature Owen and Blue. Uh, these things are incredible. One is, uh, one actually has a Blue holding like a, a pig stuffed animal, very reminiscent of the first movie. Uh, where they chase down the pig, and then another one with Baby Blue. Oh my god, these are fantastic. I'm not doing them any justice by reading about them here on the podcast. That doesn't work. So you actually have to go to our website and fill out the contact form to win the prize. So yes, we will be giving three different pieces away. We have three winners coming your way, so make sure to go to our website, JurassicParkPodcast.com, find the post for this giveaway, and enter it. And uh, you just all you have to do is fill out your contact information, your address, and everything, so we can send you the prize once we pick uh, all the winners. 
And much like the other contest, that one will be ending at 12 a.m. on Friday, June 30th. All right, now, I'm sorry, that was probably one of the longest intros we've ever done. I really apologize, but we do have a fun episode for you, so why don't we get this one started off with a bit of Jurassic news from around the world. 18 minutes and your company catches up on 10 years of research. Access me, program. Access me, security. These pictures were taken in hospital in Costa Rica 48 hours ago. I don't want to jump to any conclusions, but look. Boy, my head being right all the time. It's day. I guarantee it. All right, so you know Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom opened up here in the U.S. Uh, this past weekend, and it came in with $150 million, which is actually the studio's second biggest opening ever behind uh, none other than Jurassic World which uh, actually back then came in with 208 million so that's that was a little bit more 150 is still really really good and outranks so many other big films I mean it was kind of expected for this movie to come in a bit lower a lot of the estimates were actually tracking at 135 million so this exceeds that which is really great news now the big question of course will be how much does it extend through this coming weekend will it be able to maintain that will it drop a bit hopefully not hopefully we'll get a lot of repeat viewings i think that it will hopefully there isn't a a big 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 like hollywood release next week kind of has a little gap until the following week so hopefully more repeat viewings happen next uh this coming weekend actually but this film is actually creeping closer and closer towards 1 billion it's getting there it's almost there and uh you know it's been out for a little while around the world and now it's looking at 711 million dollars worldwide uh that's that's great i mean that's really good ja bayona is super happy with that you see his uh posts on twitter and everywhere else he seems really excited about it so you know congratulations to everybody involved that's incredible but if you want to find out more information about the box office reports head to the link in our show notes oh there it is there it is and now let's dive into episode 25 of extinction level jurassic park previously on extinction level jurassic park that's the team they found a dead t-rex Seems like the spinal broke Freddy's neck here. Fred, the one with the limp. The sooner we can get in contact with that boat, the better. These raptors must not reach the mainland. I need to get the cure. What? Dad? Sarah. Close the doors. We're moving. Wait! You can't leave them! Go. I cannot let you die in here. Dad? I'm okay. You really want the extinction of these creatures credited to humanity? For all I care, they died from the disease they carry. We don't have time. Abort the mission. Strike leader. Dropping bombs. No! Move! Jump. Go! Abort! 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 Four bombs dropped, sir. What did they hit? What's the damage? Village destroyed, sir. No, but can't be true. Come on. We're done here. Send one cruiser after that ship that went north. Shouldn't you inform the president that the cure has been destroyed? We'll let the doctor process what happened. What the hell happened here? How could they miss that kid out there for eight weeks? We need to get those flying things located and isolated. Let's move out. Dad! Tim, did you see my father jump? I'm really sorry, Sarah. We just have to move so we can get off this island. It's leading down. It must go up at some point. What's this? Marine life. What's ectogenesis? No way. My dear investors, for your eyes only. John! I welcome you to our first look at our upcoming attraction. Soon to be admired at Jurassic Park. One of the earliest DNA samples we extracted was from an animal so rarely bitten by mosquitoes it puzzled us. Finally decoded, it surprised us even more. Was the animal bitten, perhaps, while laying eggs? It's glass! Little did we know about our real luck, but we would soon discover. When in 1985, Richard Shine produced a paper called The Evolution of Viviparity in Reptiles, it dawned us. What are you on about? I think I know. It's an aquarium. It set our scientists down the path of ectogenesis. 
And while the world may not be ready to accept this breakthrough in science, we at International Genetics Technologies are. These young Tylosaurus here of the Mosasaur family as proof of our success. Jeez. Is it dead? I thank you for your visit and your continuing trust and support, helping us build our Jurassic Park. Oh no. Episode 25, Sorna Parting. In the aquarium Tim and Sarah had encountered, a spiderweb had appeared on the glass where the Tylosaurus inside the tank had hit it with full force. Sarah looks up as she is sitting on the floor, seeing water come seeping through. Oh no! Come on! She quickly gets up and starts running back to the entrance of the viewing room. Tim already nearing the door. The second bit of the animal made it come crashing through. The room quickly floods and both Tim and Sarah are caught in the stream as they move back to the door and the stairs beyond. Tim misses the doors by an inch and is dragged back to the room. Sarah washed against the doors too, caught grip and kept hanging tight to the doorway. The Tylosaurus now lies growling on the platform where it came through the glass. The water not yet deep enough for it to swim. Snapping its jaws in frustration, moving its huge body forward feet by feet like a seal. As the water is pushing Tim forward, round the rotunda, he barely misses the Tylosaurus as he passes it. She closes in on the doorway again. Grab my hand! Sarah is reaching out for him as she closes him. He catches her hand as he passes and she pulls him to the door, just as the water hits the end of the round room, turning and coiling back to the front along the walls. Getting up on their feet, both Sarah and Tim are having difficulty to hold on, as the water now hits them from all sides. Sarah looks back, just to see the back of the Tylosaurus disappear in the water, now moving forward faster. Move the stairs! Sarah pushes Tim through the doorway, letting him go in front. He catches onto the stairs, pulling himself up out of the water. Just in time, Sarah lifts herself out of the water. With behind her, through the doors, the giant head of the Tylosaurus rises out of the water, missing her by inches, slamming against the stairs, which bend at the bottom. Quickly, Sarah continues climbing, letting herself fall back on her metallic grating above, panting, resting on her back. The water below rises up quickly, coiling up the tube, Ooh. coming up to them. Guess there's no time to rest now! Tim pulls her up on her feet to continue, and they run back through the passageway, continuing into the right tunnel, up the stairs leading up to the service. On a beach on Isla Matanceros, Marty Guterres is looking out over the ocean, watching pelicans fly by, soaring over the ocean. He sees a supply ship passing by in the distance, to the north, when his pilot approaches him through the jungle. Senor, we just got clearance for takeoff. The restriction is lifted, but we must take road south of Sorna, around US fleet. Sure, let's go back. I've seen enough of these islands. He turns and follows his pilots into the jungle, back to their helicopter. Anisla Sorna, from down the tunnels, tired, wet and panting, Tim and Sarah reach the top of the stairs, leading into a small building, a maintenance shed. They move out of the shed, surrounded by jungle. In the short distance, they see the fires dying, where the bombs had dropped. Sarah moves for the jungle, hoping that maybe her father survived and is out there. Dad? Then Tim spots Jerry Harding lying on the ground. Sarah, there. Dad? They run towards Jerry Harding lying on his back. Dad! Sarah. Jerry Harding is alive, but badly wounded by the blast. His clothes bloody red, his breathing ragged, his voice hoarse. You... you came back. It's okay, I'm here now. We're going to get you out of here. Jerry tries to move, lifting his arm to his chest. Easy, calm down, stay calm. Anything I can do? Sarah looks around. See if we can build him a stretcher. Tim starts looking around. Jerry has moved his hand inside his jacket, taking out the disc and the sample of the cure, which are still intact. Take this, Sarah. Okay. Give it, give it to Henry. The cure? Dr. Wu mentioned to get it. Uh, men led by fear, destroying that which they fear. Never conquer. Never learning to see the, the beauty. The joyous wonder of its miracles. 
He's raving. Sarah hands the disc and cure to Tim, keeping her attention for her father. Dad! Stay with us! Magic. It's been an, an adventure. <sighs> Letting out his dying breath, Jerry's body goes limp. Dad, no! Sarah, I'm really sorry, but we can't stay here. We don't know what's out there. Help me move him! I can't leave him here! Suddenly, they hear a helicopter passing south of Sorna. What's that? From the helicopter, Marty Guterres is looking out at the burning village on Sorna as they pass the island on the south. What did they do here? Senor, look! I see it! It looks like they dropped a few bombs out there! No, senor. People! Guterres also spots the two people a few hundred yards away from the burning jungle, waving with flares to attract the attention. My god! You're right! Sarah and Tim are looking at the helicopter, Tim waiting with the last flares they had left from the case they found at the boathouse. Over there! Did they see you? I don't know. Yes, yes! They're coming back! <laughs> Thank God! The helicopter approaches and lowers down on a spot near Sarah Harding and touches down. A loud noise of the turning rotor blades and the airflow hitting the surrounding grass and trees. The terrace opens the door and looks back at the pilot. Just need the engine running on standby. I'll be right back. Ducking low, his hands over his head, Guterres runs towards Sarah and Tim's position, both trying to move Jerry's body towards the helicopter. Guterres looks at the man they're carrying. What's the matter with him? It's a father. We couldn't save him. I'm so sorry. Okay, I think we can take him. You need help? We got this. Suddenly, a loud roar comes from the jungle behind Guterres. Past the helicopter. The Spinosaurus steps onto the plane, some distance behind the helicopter, hesitating at the noise the helicopter is making, and the flames coming from the jungle a little further away. Oh, jeez, what the hell is that? Okay, we could use a hand. Come on. Quickly, Guterres runs for Tim and Sarah, supporting Jerry's body as they move for the helicopter. The ground shakes, but Tim sees the Spinosaurus not moving, keeping distance from the fire on the right of the helicopter. Tyrannosaurus, a buck, comes roaring onto the plane. Followed by a second, a female, both charging the Spinosaurus. The pilot of the helicopter opens the passenger side door, looking wide. Come on, hurry! I'm not staying here much longer. Behind the helicopter, the Spinosaurus bites the neck of the buck as the female T-Rex pulls the Spino by the tail, making it let go of the buck, twisting and trying to attack her instead. Tim, Sarah and Guterres move quickly for the helicopter. Tim gets in the back. Helping move from Jerry inside. Sarah follows Tim inside. Guterres moves to the passenger side door and also gets in. The fighting trio of dinosaurs is turning in circles, the spino waving its arms and clawing for the rexes. They circle close to the helicopter, growling and screeching, almost running into them. Guterres clicks the seatbelt closed. Go! As the helicopter lifts up, the female pushes her head against the side of the spinosaurus, its arms held between the teeth of the buck causing the Spinosaurus to fill on its side, right underneath the helicopter, still hanging low. The Spinosaurus snaps at the helicopter but misses. The buck moves for the throat of the Spinosaurus, almost hitting the helicopter as it comes finally clear. The Rex grabs the Spinosaurus' throat between its jaws, biting down hard. The Spinosaurus squeals and drops its jaws, its body going limp, and when the T-Rex buck looks up after the helicopter, it's already high up in the air. The female moves for the buck and brushes gently, lovingly against the buck's chest. He looks down at his female and rests his head on hers for a moment, before they walk off together into the jungle, leaving the Spinosaurus on the plane. From the helicopter, Tim at the window side and Sarah next to him both look down on the fallen Spinosaurus. Look! They didn't kill it! It's getting up! Weakened, the Spinosaurus pushes itself up and slowly, awkwardly limps off in the opposite direction of the two rexes. The body of Jerry Harding is lying on the ground of the helicopter, and Sarah looks back, seeing a woolen blanket. She pulls it out from behind her, covering her father. It starts to rain again, and smoke billows up from the fires on the island, and the fires die out. The helicopter turns right to cross the island back to the south and in the direction of the mainland. Then Sarah looks up her window, seeing the marine ship northwest of the island, sailing north to catch up with. Tim reacts shocked, 
like waking up from a dream. Bloody hell, I completely forgot. Terrace looked back at her from the front seat. What is it? We have to catch up with a boat up north. The Navy ship? Why? No, no, the one that's tailing. We need to inform them of something critical. In this episode you heard Jennifer Tarek as Sarah Harding, myself as Tim Murphy, Steve Hurl as Jerry Harding, James Hawkins as Guterres, and Hector Salazar Morales as the pilot. Join us the next time for the conclusion of Extinction Level Jurassic Park. Alright, so that was another exceptional episode of Extinction Level Jurassic Park, number 25 right there. That one was called Sorna Parting. That was that was that was really good. That was another really good one. I'm gonna run through everything here. So uh this one started off actually well if you remember last week, um Sarah and Tim kind of jumped off the cliff, eventually went towards that like boathouse and then went through the tunnel, ended up in that uh, you know, system underneath the ground there, found themselves near a Tylosaurus uh, in, uh, enclosure, didn't realize what it was until the water started coming through the cracks, and that's where this episode picks up. The water is kind of coming through the glass. They, they try to get out of there. Of course, you, you got to get out of there if there's water coming through like that, and eventually it actually floods through, pushes Tim and Sarah around. This Tylosaurus luckily cannot reach them. Tylosaurus is basically the Mosasaurus. It's uh, essentially the exact same thing. Um, so, so that thing can't exactly reach them, but, um, they eventually, after this all, you know, a bunch of panic and everything, they lift themselves up the stairs, just as that Tylosaurus kind of slams into those stairs, um, it would have eaten them, they would have been goners, but they do manage to escape, and then this episode actually cuts back to, uh, Isla Matanceros, and, um, we get, we get finally into contact again with, uh, Marty Gutierrez, I feel like it's been a while since we've, uh, heard anything from him, and he's just kind of chilling on a beach you know he's just sitting there watching the birds fly by and stuff just taking a breather you know he's been through a lot he's been traversing a lot of ground trying to figure out what's going on with these sick dinosaurs and whatnot and uh, or just sick animals and people i think too right um it's been a while i, I don't remember um but <laughs> the pilot that he's with kind of like he's like hey we have clearance. We can take off here. We can get back to uh, the mainland. So, of course, they both go off to uh, head back to the mainland, which then the uh, action goes back to Sarah and Tim on Sorna. And everybody knows here, Sorna was partially blown up by the military just a, 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 just a minute ago, you know? Um, so they're kind of trying to find their bearings as they exit this maintenance shed. The jungle is, uh, yeah, it's still on fire. It's uh, still burning. And, um, of course, they spot poor Jerry Harding. You guys remember Jerry Harding from the first Jurassic Park? He was uh, that guy out with the Jeep where the uh, Triceratops was sick. That's Jerry Harding, also Sarah Harding's dad. Um, so they spot him on the ground. You remember the uh, bombs went off and Sarah and Tim were able to jump off, but the bomb blew up right behind Jerry. But guess what? He's alive. And uh, they attempt to, to make him a stretcher. They're like, let me go find some wood or something. I don't know. Um, and and in, in this moment, this last moment, he pulls the cure out of his pocket and, and some data for Henry to get him, uh, to get all this information back to Henry Wu so he can help save these dinosaurs, save people, save everybody. Um, and this is where I, I was like shedding tears Steve, Steve Hurl, he does the voice for Jerry Harding, and this was amazing. This was incredible acting by Steve. Um, this is basically a dying sequence for Jerry, um, basically giving this this like little monologue before he takes his final breath. Uh, something about uh, I think I wrote down something here. Actually, men led by fear, destroying what they fear. It was actually really emotional, and, and it just rang so true about that whole destruction of that island. It's just like, let's just blow it up instead of trying to fix the problem, and, and that seems to be the case with a lot of things. Um, but that was amazing. That was incredible acting by Steve. Um, and yeah, Jerry let out his dying breath, and it was sad. It was a really sad moment. I thought, 
Oh my god, look, he's alive. This is great. They're gonna get out of here, but no, he's actually gonna die still. Um, but shortly after he dies, they hear a helicopter, and of course, it's Marty. And uh, the pilot uh, in that helicopter sees Sarah and Tim. They point him out. The helicopter lands, and Gutierrez basically jumps out, tries to help. But then, of course, there's always but thens in this uh, in this uh, audio drama. Roars come from the jungle. Of course, the Spinosaurus still alive, out there roaming around. And, um, you know, in this incredible timeline that mixes the Lost World, Jurassic Park 3, and everything else, uh, Jurassic World even... Um, last we saw in Jurassic Park 3, the, uh, the, the Spinosaurus just kind of roamed away, and uh, we didn't really get too much word after that in the movie. And now the Spinosaurus erupts from the jungle, uh, is about to like chase down this chopper, it seems, but doesn't. There's something holding it back, essentially. Turns out the, uh, the two T-Rex from, from the uh, Lost World, the male and the female, come out of the jungle... And they start fighting with that Spinosaurus. <laughs> and, uh, of course, the people are like, hey, let's get, our, let's still get to the helicopter. We got to get out of here. They got to move Jerry, unfortunately. Get him to the helicopter as well. Helicopter lifts off. The dinosaurs are, of course, still at it, fighting each other, ripping each other apart. The Spinosaurus falls right under the chopper. And uh, at that moment, the buck, buck only, grabs the throat of the Spinosaurus, rips Spinosaurus falls limp, and uh, I'm like, all right, that's it. Spino's dead. That's it. And then we get a touching moment between the two Rex, uh, two Rexes as they go off into the jungle. But that's not it. This, this villain, this crazy dinosaur villain survived. The Spinosaurus limps off in the opposite direction. I thought, I mean, it is sort of redemption. I know a lot of people struggle with the uh, T-Rex losing and dying in the beginning of Jurassic Park 3. And um, I believe, uh, I believe, if I remember correctly, I think Arjun made it clear that it was the baby T-Rex from the Lost World. Um, and this is the parents coming for a little retribution. And it didn't pay off exactly the way you'd want it to with the Spino, like, getting its throat ripped out and uh, dying there. But um, the Spinosaurus lives, lives to see another day. So we'll see if anything comes of that or if this is the end. Uh, could be the end of the island since uh, everybody's off at this point. So, pilot goes towards the mainland, but before that, they notice the marine ship that's chasing the uh, supply ship. I believe I believe Mizrani was on that thing as well, and uh, also a bunch of raptors. So, they need to contact that ship, let them know what's going on if they don't know already. Which I have a feeling they probably already know that they're under attack. But um, we'll see. We'll see in a few weeks. So, like I mentioned earlier, we're going to have a recap episode of, of number 1 to 25 of this uh, Extinction Level Jurassic Park series. And uh, coming on uh, July 9th, we're actually going to have the final episode of Extinction Level Jurassic Park, number 26. And uh, that's going to be great. I- I'm so looking forward to that. This has been a fun, wild ride, and I, I can't believe we're here, and we're almost at the end, and uh, that's going to be fun. And we're actually, well, I, st- I think we're still trying to work on getting that recorded, but we should have the creator, Arjun Boss, um, in the, uh, actually, I think we're going to do a Site B, and we're going to talk all about Extinction Level and find out uh, even more about the second half of the series after we did have him on, like, at the first half, talking all about that. So now we're going to talk about the second half and the finale and all that stuff. So make sure to stay tuned on July 9th for episode 26 of Extinction Level Jurassic Park. Let's open up the doors to the Visitor Center and welcome in Kirk Miller, producer of the 4D Theaters MX4D. We're hanging around the inside of the Visitor Center today after a lovely trip around the park in the tour vehicles. And today I have a guest with me, Kirk Miller of MX4D, producers of the awesome 4D theaters across the world. Kirk, how you doing? I'm doing great, thank you. 
Great, great. Um, I'm glad to have you on here to talk about this experience. I'm very excited to learn more. I think our audience will be very excited about it as well. Before we dive into um, all the questions about MX4D, I have one real serious question I got to ask you. It's a little fun, actually. It's not too serious. Um, (laughs) But if you were stuck in a kitchen with a Velociraptor, what would you do and would you make it out alive? Well, I make an excellent burrito. So... (laughs) I would have to do. I would have to make him one of my burritos. They're very spicy, so hopefully he would upset his stomach enough to where he wouldn't want to eat me. <laughs> That's perfect. You know, I think so. You're going to make it out then, right? I'm planning on making it out. Yes. Yes. You know, I was really hoping for you to say that you were going to make it out. I feel like I've had a real string of just downers recently, where everybody's like, "No, I'm sorry, I'm going to get eaten." So <laughs> I'm very glad uh, that you're making it out, and because I, I plan on making it out too. So. Good. Yeah, I'm nothing if not optimistic. (laughs) That's good. That's good. Um, All right, so let's get into it then. Um, For the listeners uh, and those who have not experienced it yet, tell us a little bit about MX4D. Well, MX4D is a motion and effects theater. So what we do is we create a very immersive experience by seats that actually move with the action. They, they don't move when the action is not happening, so it's, it's specific times where the, there is peak action in the movie. We mm-hmm. basically are following the pacing of the movie, which is what makes it so perfect, as, as we are married to that. We have a particularly smooth type of motion that's, that is an air-based system. We're the only air-based system uh, around in the cinemas, and so we do we do that and when and we have a bunch of theater effects like fog and leg ticklers and scents we have different scents that we use that, that say someone's smelling a flower and then all of a sudden you'll get the scent of a rose in the theater um so we have all these different theater effects going on and then the seats are actually moving with the action so you feel the crashes in the case of say jurassic world you feel like you're on the back of a dinosaur. Every step, you know, there's this big slow-moving animal and then the, the big crash of his footsteps. Um, so it's particularly engaging. Uh, and I, I want to stress, because some people hear the word motion and they get a little bit worried, but really our motion is particularly smooth. And uh, when we got into this, almost every studio stressed concern about making sure that it was smooth enough so i applied uh, I, I began working with uh, uh making the motion super smooth and and yet you know it has impact and i use what i call the popcorn test which is if you had a big bucket of popcorn the only popcorn that's going to be on the floor is the stuff that you spill yourself it won't <laughs> be due to our motion that's good that's good i mean i'm already spilling enough as it is so i don't want to yeah. toss it all over the place <laughs> yeah <laughs> But uh, this this experience sounds really thrilling. I'm a big theme park guy, so I I really like you know that kind of element in a theme park and stuff like that. So when you bring it to a movie theater, that's really enticing to me. Yeah, it really does pull you into the action. Um, and when we use we use we like to use that word immersive. Probably going to say it too many times that people <laughs> are going to be sick of hearing it. But I, I like to say also that it is equally immersive when you're not moving because that allows people you know, the, the time to really get into the plot. And those are typically the more where they're exposing the, you know, the plot lines and developing the, the storylines. Mm-hmm. So we're very careful of that. And we're also very careful about not stomping on the uh, emotional scenes unless yeah. somebody's getting eaten, which could be emotional, <laughs> but we still like to feel somebody getting eaten. Yeah, you're feeling it in a whole new way. It's not the typical, you know, experience. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, about how long does it take uh, I guess, to like provide an experience like this for an upcoming film? Well, I have a team of eight guys that are very, very talented and really dedicated. Um, and we can knock it out, the, the whole uh, team and I, in about a week now, which is wow, which wow. is way faster than when I was doing these by myself. Um, <laughs> I'm sure, and, yeah. <laughs> but I, I had the advantage of not sleeping ever, so these guys <laughs> actually sleep at night. But the um, the the... The also part of the process is that the actual studio comes down and sits through the movie with me. So, uh, you know, it's approved by the studio, too. Yeah. So this this really has to be something that you love if you, you know, you're sitting there testing it out each and every time. It sounds like a great job, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Well, people always tell me that. Um, 
<laughs> I, I sometimes forget how great this job is, but it is a great job. Uh, yeah, it evolved naturally out of uh, uh, being a musician, believe it or not, because the, the way we program it is very similar to the way we used to program music. That was back when I had a full head of hair. So if you have trouble imagining that, I know you can't see me now, but... <laughs> Well, I can see that. I like that comparison there because music, you have to feel it. You have to make sure it's just right and everything's perfect about it. And, uh, you know, you kind of have to go with the flow, it seems like, with this kind of experience. Uh, so I like that comparison. Yeah, that's actually how I, I got the gig originally because uh, of, of uh, the timing aspect. Uh-huh. Because we, we time everything to the frame of the movie. It's it's very tight. We 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 are very... Very particular about timing. Yeah, you know, I, I, I admit that, you know, when you're editing even a podcast, there's something thrilling about just getting that timing right about, you know, a note hitting when you're talking or doing something or even in video. It's it's very, you know, uh, I, I just love that feeling when it, everything hits at the right moment. It is. It's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you, you did this yourself and then you moved on to a team of people. Um, and I know you said this only takes about a week now. Uh, does this take a lot of testing to get the effects right? Or are you and like the programmers basically efficient enough, it seems like, uh, to get this right pretty quickly? Well, I really wish the latter were true. <laughs> but there's quite a bit of uh, reworking things that goes on, um, especially with the motion parts, because uh, the, the benches, you know, they aren't literally doing what you're feeling. And so there are all kinds of things involved with doing motion. So you're 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 really working and reworking to make sure that it feels exactly right. Um, there's all kinds of decisions that have to be made uh, because you know when you feel like you're I don't know say you're turning in a car. Uh, there's there's more than one thing happening in the in the seat, and the, all that has to be worked out and timed and. The benches and the seats themselves are not always fully cooperative, so mm-hmm. uh, it does require quite a bit of that. Um, but there are times when you just kind of, you know, like any job, you you nail it the first time. So, <laughs> well, I guess it's not too much of a bad thing unless it's a movie that you're just not thrilled about or something like that. You know, it's uh, it's got to be fun to kind of make sure you get it right. What we don't have movies that we're not thrilled about <laughs> for all you studios listening. You, you love them all. You you got yeah. it. <laughs> Um, so, you know, I'm sure you guys do a lot of, actually, I want to throw this question in there real quick. Like, how does it, the, the choice come about for, uh, what movies that you do? Is it something that you naturally know, like, well, these are the blockbusters or or are like studios coming to you? Well, the blockbusters are obviously a given. Yeah. Uh, then we have studios come to us and, and ask us to do movies. And then the theaters may, we send out a a request form. So they also request movies. So it's really a combination of those things. We try it try mainly try to drive it by the demand from the theaters because those yeah. ultimately are the people who are going to show or not going to show the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes sense. Do you ever do anything that is just like not a thrill ride, like basically like a comedy or something very simplistic like that? Yeah. Well, yeah? we did. We've done a couple of movies that were really unusual. One of which was. Uh, the the tightrope movie what's it called walking oh, uh, man on a uh, wire i think right yeah man on a wire um so no it was called the it was a remake like oh, okay. i think of the, called the, the the walk maybe the walk was yeah it? the the documentary i think was man on a wire and the yeah. jo- joseph gordon levitt was the walk i think right the walk yeah <laughs> so they they asked us to do the walk and i was like how oh, are we wow. going to do this but it was really good because we got the sensation of the jiggling on the wire. Um, oh and, my God, oh that, so, so, yeah. I'm getting and, shivers um, just thinking about that right now. <laughs> it really did give you that oh. effect of being – and then sometimes the wire would bounce up and down. And then you know, early in the movie, he falls off the, the low ones and things like that. So it, it really was – it was really pretty effective. Yeah, see, I never would have thought of something like that so simple, but man, that really, I, I swear, I just got goosebumps thinking about that, because that's like a, you know, a fear for everybody, sort of, is just this, well, not that guy, I guess, but, uh, you know, the fear of heights and that, so that's pretty terrifying, and I'm sure you bring that into a lot of these movies. Um, yeah, I especially, you know, when you look over an edge of something, and the bench is tilted forward all <laughs> the way, and those kind of things, it does create that sensation. 
Yeah, and that's just one of the thrills of of that aspect and me knowing a lot like about theme parks and such. It's almost like, I don't know if I would say lying to you, but it's tricking you in a way to make you believe, you know, something that you're feeling and seeing. Definitely. The whole the whole thing we do is tricking you. Basically, so, <laughs> I shouldn't I shouldn't say that publicly, but yeah, that's what, basically what we do. Yeah. So the wire sounds like a great one. Do you have any other like favorite films that you've produced so far in MX4D? Oh yeah, we do. Well, okay. I, I I'm not just saying this to you know be, let's say suck up. Okay, but uh, <laughs> Jurassic World. Well, we did Jurassic World. It was really noticeably great. One thing I I really love is you have. My particular uh, favorite thing, one of my favorite things is that when you have very large animals uh, with huge footsteps, uh, we actually develop new techniques for that movie that we still use today to create the crashing sensation of the footsteps. Hmm. And um, so there's a, something about that combination of these big lumbering animals and that. And then coupled when you get the faster moving like the raptors and, and the T-Rex – uh, it's just really cool. It's it's really fun to sit through a movie like that. And the, the movie itself is so large and looks so great that uh, it, it just is it's a total experience. Yeah. And, you know, specifically, you know, now it, we're, it, we're in June and my mind is constantly on Jurassic Park as well as obviously Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Um, so thinking back to the 90s, the movie experience was completely different. It, it's not like it is today. Um, and do you, do you have any memories of seeing Jurassic Park in that, uh, I guess, simplistic movie experience? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I like to say I wasn't alive then, <laughs> uh, and I was pretty old then. So uh, I do have a, uh, as a matter of fact, it's funny because I, well, I, first of all, I, I was a Mike Crichton fan and I had read the book, which I thought it was just a genius idea for a movie, uh, for a book to begin with. And then when they made it into a movie, of course it lent itself so well, we saw all kinds of just great effects and things that we'd never seen before. And um, I, it's funny because we actually uh, we actually did the animatronics for Jurassic Park 2 and 3. Uh, we were controlling – because we have this very smooth motion and we were able to add a whole level of realism to the, to the movement of the T-Rex – Huh. So I, I think somebody told me that we had they had a guy in the mouth, a stuntman in the mouth of the thing, and they're waving him around. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. But what we did was we, we were able to overlay our emotion on their pre-patterned stuff, okay. um, and it just gave it a whole other level of, of reality to it. Um, yeah. So I'm, we're familiar with those movies. We have the poster in our <laughs> lobby. Yeah, oh, I'm sure. I'm sure you're familiar with them. Yeah, and that that's a completely separate, you know, experience is trying to create the realism of something like an animatronic. I'm sure that air motion kind of lends, you know, it to to that smooth ability to make something feel lifelike. Yeah, it really does. Uh, that coupled with the fact that we use this music software, so we're actually using a, a synthesizer pitch bend to move uh, in different directions, which has uh, many different discrete steps to it, which is a, another part of what makes it smooth. I'm sure you just feel like, you know, a god with that thing in your hand, just controlling those dinosaurs. That's going to be pretty I, awesome. <laughs> yes, I, I am a god. So, <laughs> well, there you yeah. go. That always works. You got that <laughs> ahead of you. <laughs> Um, so, you know, I, I just I, I can't help but think about Jurassic Park in this, you know, huge cinematic experience. Um, and I feel like it is made like that first movie is kind of made for this sort of in theater experience. It's very big. It's got a lot of those moments that you discussed with Jurassic World and Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Uh, so do you have any like specific moments from the original that you think would be like the best to transform into that MX4D experience? Well, I I really would say I, I like things that maybe wouldn't be obvious. Like I said, I, I like the brontosaurus because the brontosaurus moves so slowly mm -hmm. and has such a big impact. So I really like that oh, a lot. Yeah. It's a, like it's a great combination. But obviously the T-Rex. I mean, I, I it's cool because, you know, let's face it. Like I mentioned, you know, we all go to these movies to see people get eaten. OK, let's just be <laughs> honest. So when when people get eaten, it's really fun because, you get, you you know, uh, they, it would be great to see like in 4D, in, in MX4D, because, the you know, we get the teeth in your back and in your, you know, we have seat pokers and stuff. So you feel like these oh, impact. Man. Yeah, it's, it's really fun. And then when they when they 
when they growl in people's face. I don't know if growl's right for a dinosaur. What do, what do, what do dinosaurs do? We'll say roar. That, that, that works. Roar. 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 <laughs> when they roar in people's faces, you know, you get this this intense air blast, was, you know, when they're up close like that. Yeah. So it's it's really cool. So you got me thinking uh, specifically about uh, one scene in Jurassic Park. And I'm also looking at your website, uh, which is actually mx-4d.com. Um, and you have a list, basically, of effects and things like that. So I'm seeing... Rumbler, water blaster, seat popper, back poker, leg ticklers, air blast, wind, neck ticklers, snow, scent, strobe, fog, rain, bubbles. And I cannot help but think of, you know, that moment where the T-Rex eats Gennaro, the lawyer, off the toilet. Um, I feel like this list of, <laughs> of items, g- give me give me like a, a quick like summary of what would you use in that uh, setting? <laughs> okay, well, maybe... Wouldn't be a good idea. Normally, we, I would say seat pokers, but since he's on the toilet, maybe we would skip that effect. <laughs> um, but, you know, you would have, as he comes down, as he comes in there, you know, you're going to have a face blast or a neck blast. Mm-hmm. And you're going to feel the pokers in your back. Yeah. And the main thing is going to be, uh, we have this this low frequency vibration that, that it's a speaker that is in our seat. And there, yeah. it's a very intense amount of programming that goes into that. Anyway, one of the things that does is create these crashes or hits or things like that so you would feel that as with the teeth coming in um and then of course the seat would would jolt um so the seat jolting is a very effective thing especially in scare when you have jump scare moments like that matter of fact we do some horror films and it 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 makes it way more intense yeah and i just like Thinking about that scene specifically, there is so much going on. You have the T-Rex barreling down towards that little shack, and then it destroys the shack. You have, uh, you know, whatever that thing is made out. It looks like thatched or something, but it's flying all over the place. Ian Malcolm is flying through the air. And then you have that guy sitting on a toilet, and I'm just like, wow, you you could be a little cruel and, like, throw some scents in there and some water <laughs> blasts and stuff like that. That would be a little yeah. cruel, but I could see it working. <laughs> well, we used to. We have a scent pack, right? This yeah. It's uh, 10 different scents that we offer the theaters. And uh, one of those used to be raw sewage. Oh, but we, no. We, we, we got complaints. So <laughs> we, we had to drop that one. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure that's not a, a thrilling thing to smell while you're sitting there. <laughs> yeah, nobody wants to smell raw sewage. It makes time. sense, you know, for the scene. But yeah, I don't, you don't want people walking out. That's for sure. And, um, you know, you, you also brought it up in my head, like that connection between you know, silence and thrilling moments and then the uh, the shock of, of whatever is scaring you in that moment. I, 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 I'm already, like, very, you know, scared and nervous at a lot of these moments, and especially Fallen Kingdom really has a lot of these moments um, where, you know, you're, you're in that suspenseful, you know, area where you don't know what's coming next, and I just can imagine how intense that must be to have something, you know, with whatever, you know, effect you're choosing just scare you, like, you know, out of your seat almost. Yeah, and you you really try to let the tension go by not doing anything beforehand. So yeah, sometimes yeah. In, in Jurassic, you know, you've got the whole shot of the dinosaur, so you'll be moving with them. But uh-huh. yeah, it's like you said, it does build up tension. You know, it's coming, uh, and that creates a tension <laughs> all of its own. So yeah, and and the crazy thing about like say for instance that scene um, in the first movie with the Brachiosaurus, it, it's like. The way it it falls down to the earth and it it shakes, you know, and I don't have that at my house. You know, I don't have my couch doesn't move like that. But there's something about the way they produce that movie, the the sound effects, just visually that almost makes you feel like you're moving. And, and you know, it almost shakes you like to the core. So I can imagine like just adding that. Oh, man, it's got to be amazing. You know, something like that to the to the movie. Definitely. I mean, it definitely make our job easier. (laughs) Uh, and and harder because you know uh we have to we have to live up to it yeah so you know we're kind of moving in here to um fallen kingdom which i i actually had the chance to see which is amazing and at this point uh, i forget when this is coming out specifically but um what kind of effects um mx4d stuff can we expect um in jurassic world fallen kingdom okay so well, the the complete array, of course, is going to be there. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to try not to do any spoilers, but I'll talk in general terms. Yeah, 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 uh, please. So there's a moment, for instance, where there's blood on the face and you feel water, a water splash. Oh. <laughs> uh, so they, I will say that they reintroduce the gyrosphere, which is always fun. It's yeah. not as 
you know, the gyrosphere in the uh, in the last one in Jurassic World was really intense. It was really a fun part of the movie. This yeah. one's really good too. Um, but the uh, I, I like that um, one thing. Uh, it, we we built a theater in uh, at the Chinese Theater at TCL in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've added in a couple of our theaters around the world as well uh, a, a rain effect. Oh, wow. uh, so that's really cool. So you'll be sitting in, and, you know, you'll be in a scene where there's rain and all of a sudden you'll feel this light mist on your on your head. Uh, so that is going to happen in this movie. Uh, there, there's a lot of dinosaur roar moments uh, and they're particularly good. Uh, the the I half half of my team working on that little speaker I was describing in your seat. Mm-hmm. So. There's four guys actually ganged up just to make that thing happen, and the the way the when the dinosaur does that and it's really loud, it is so wonderful. It, your seat just rattles, and it, the seat actually rumbles too. So it's actually moving very fast up and down, and you know it creates a vibration. And then there's this huge vibration in the seat. Um, there's a really cool leg tickler moment, which people really laugh when the leg ticklers because no one is everybody's looking out and up <laughs> around they never expect anything to hit their ankles yeah uh, uh and the guy goes into the water he's hanging on a ladder he goes into the water and you feel the water spraying on on your ankles like that and it's very it, it really is a great use of that particular effect i'm sure you know i was going to bring that uh that scene up which is you know very much in the beginning of the movie you have this intense moment and it's i could imagine that that scene particularly has so much to offer when it comes to like this type of experience. Right, it does because you got lightning. So we've got the strobes going off with the lightning. You've got the thunder, which is a loud crack mm-hmm. that happens in the the that speaker. And then you've got the whole being chased and <laughs> I don't want to say too much, but Yeah, you know. yeah, <laughs> keep it light. Yeah. That that is an incredible moment. It's one of the best moments in like this entire franchise. So Adding that experience really sounds like a thrill. I'm it trying to really think, is. like, because it's it's such a drastic difference between the first half of this movie and then the the second half of this movie. And I imagine, like you were saying before, all those tense moments where you're almost not doing much of anything at all. Um, those moments are probably brought out a lot more towards the end when you're you know adding that thrilling you know whatever it is whatever the effect is at that moment. Definitely, um, most of these movies are are skewed toward the end. Uh, because that's where yeah. the all the climactic action happens. I should also mention uh, a really cool part is when they uh, end up in mud in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you smell that mud, and it's a very distinct, clear scent of mud. Huh. Yeah. Huh. I like this. I like. I like everything because you know I'm imagining. Is there any sort of like burning smell? Because we know the volcano is a, a huge, you know, looming presence in this movie. Well, I was tempted. Uh, we did we did smoke scent uh-huh. in, okay. in in Jurassic World, but in this in this movie, uh, I opted for the big truck engine exhaust smell. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> so I try yeah. to go with you know. There's several concerns. I like to I like to get a variety of of scents in there, and I like them spaced apart the right way. And yeah. and it really with scent, it has to be a super clear moment of what's happening i don't particularly like them when there's a lot of action either i like people just to be go wow what's what's that that's that's a yeah you know that's uh that's mud you know yeah it's you got to find i'm sure the the fine balance between you know overloading people and then you know holding back and kind of giving them the best experience possible yeah exactly so what does you know like an experience like this cost? Because you know the typical movie theaters fluctuate in their prices. What is like something like this you know cost in your area? So what it well it, there's it's an upcharge basically as as you would get with 3D or IMAX or something. Yeah, uh, seven to eight dollars upcharge mm-hmm. per uh, per ticket. So depending on the theater, it just depends on where they start with okay. their pricing. Yeah, you know it it, it is an interesting time in in the theaters right now, and I think. You know, you almost need an experience like this to kind of elevate things. And, you know, people are paying a lot, you know, in general for their movie tickets. But to, I think, just add a little bit more on top of that and give everybody an experience that they're almost maybe not ready for. They're not ready to experience, but they're going to have a blast doing it, I think. It's a lot different than just sitting there and, and watching the movie, you know, on its own. 
It, it absolutely is, and we're, we're living in a time where people have large TVs in their homes and great sound systems, and they can kick back on their couch and watch it, you know, on for nothing, mm-hmm. or or very little at the least. And uh, this is something that you just can't get at home. You you can't get this experience anywhere else but the theater at MX4D. So yeah, and yeah, that's the thing. Everybody's sacrificing their you know content, be, you know, just watching it at home on you know whatever they're you know screening it on, and and then you have a lot of theaters around the country that are just you know, don't have the best projection or don't have the best speakers. And, and I, I know a local theater near me still has like the old wooden seats that are, you know, just slanted down. It's what? like a, a, a inclining theater. And it's like, I think it's time to upgrade guys. You know, it's, it's time. <laughs> Does anybody go? Uh, yeah. Cause in my area, that's basically like one of the only places, uh, you know, my, for some reason, my town is isolated. We have a few stores and a few things. And that one theater is where everybody goes. I like to actually drive like 30 minutes out of my way to go to a different theater. But, uh, if I had something like this, I would probably be there all the time. I'm going to, I'm going to send you a seat cushion. <laughs> yes. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's uh it's, there's nothing like the old school, just like in that, you know, old wooden chair you know it's it's a thrilling experience in itself you got a lot of back pain when you're done yeah (laughs) um but we actually um have four pairs of tickets to give away um so i'm I'm very excited about this and this is going to be fun i think people are really going to enjoy this so um to win basically what you guys got to do is you have to follow us both on twitter we are at Jurassic Park Pod, and you guys are at mx4d underscore global uh so follow us both on twitter Tag us in your tweets and make sure you tell us your favorite dinosaur. We'll keep it keep it simple like that. So just list your favorite dinosaur in there. And also, one last thing, make sure to use the hashtag MX4D Jurassic. That way we'll see it. We'll know uh, where all the tweets are. We can follow along. Um, and we actually have a list of participating theaters here. So I just want to go ahead and uh, go through these. So we have B&B Theaters, which is basically out in the Midwest. We have Lee's Summit 16 in Missouri. Uh, Shawnee 18 in Kansas City. Or Kansas, I'm sorry. Um, Showcase Cinemas, which is around the East Coast. Uh, Randolph, Massachusetts. River, Massachusetts. Holtzville. Revere. Revere. There we go. That makes a lot more sense, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Now we're even for the pronunciation of your name. Yeah. Uh, Holtzville, New York. And uh, then we have Plaza 14 Cinemas, which is Southern California, Oxnard, California. And uh, what else we have? We have the TCL, Chinese Theaters, Southern California, Hollywood, California. So if you are near any of those, and please be fair, guys, don't, uh, you know, if you don't have any chance to make it to these theaters, maybe don't participate but definitely go follow um at mx4d underscore global on twitter anyway just to kind of see what's up um but yeah that's our contest there so i'm very excited to give that out and uh you can go see jurassic world fallen kingdom which is going to be incredibly exciting if you just listen to any of this it will be i promise yeah (laughs) (laughs) um so you know as we're wrapping up here where can everybody find out more information about mx4d yourself um or where can they buy their tickets uh, well, before I tell them, I just also want to mention that we have – If they, I know they're not going to be participating in the giveaway, but we do have other cinemas around the world. True, we have yeah. over 200 in China. Uh, we have a, a Cineplex split in Croatia and MBO in Malaysia and the Toho Cinema in Japan It happens to be one of the best – I think it is the best-selling cinema in the entire country, our MX4D theater there. Oh, wow. So we are, we are building out around the, around the world as well. Uh, they can also find us at mx 4 dcom and as well as on Instagram at mx4d underscore official and on Facebook at mx4d experience and Twitter you mentioned at mx4d underscore global. Awesome. Very, very cool. So, yeah, like he just said, make sure to go go follow all those pages because this sounds like an amazing experience. You have me like thrilled and getting goosebumps over here. So I think I'm ready to, to test this out myself. So uh, might have to give it a go, travel out to one of these theaters. But thank you so much uh, for joining me here to talk about MX4D. Uh, any parting words? Uh, no, I just want to say thank you so much for having us and uh, having me, I guess, in this case. <laughs> I think of it as an us, but uh, I really appreciate it and had fun. 
Thanks. Thanks for joining me. Have a great day. You too. Thanks. Make sure to visit JurassicParkPodcast.com to find all of our past episodes, brand new news articles, information on how to contact us, and much more. It's a great source for everything related to the podcast and, of course, Jurassic Park and Jurassic World. Head to JurassicParkPodcast.com and help us build a great community. Anybody hear that? Thanks for listening to the 156th episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. Of course, a big thanks to Arjun for episode 25 of Extinction Level. This one was, again, incredible, fantastic acting from Steve. Uh, So make sure to uh, give him credit there on Twitter. Make sure to reach out to everybody involved. This has been a fantastic ride, so stay tuned for the final episode coming in a few weeks. Also, thank you to Kirk for joining me today inside the Visitor Center. I really loved learning all about MX4D and everything that they're offering for Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Don't forget to follow along with the contest over on Twitter. And to win, you have to both follow us and at MX4D underscore global on Twitter. Tag us both in your tweet and tell us your favorite dinosaur. And make sure to use the hashtag MX. 4D Jurassic. Also, don't forget to go to our website and check out the awesome contest that we're running with Mike Spires for his incredible art. We're giving away those three pieces, so all you gotta do is enter that contest form to win. If you want to interact with us, we do most of our work over on Twitter at Jurassic Park Pod. We're also on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Jurassic Park Podcast, and our Instagram handle is at Jurassic Park Podcast. You can listen to us via iTunes, Google Play, Podomatic, YouTube, our website, or wherever else podcasts are found. So make sure to subscribe to automatically get new episodes every week. If you haven't already, please give us a five-star review in iTunes or a great review wherever you listen to the podcast. It will seriously help out our rankings and make it easier for fans like you to find us. Don't forget to check out JurassicParkPodcast.com for all the links you heard here today. If you want to get a hold of us, you can email us with any news stories, MP3s, comments, or if you want to debut a segment of your own, send them to JurassicParkPod at gmail.com. Or you can submit questions directly on our website contact form. If you'd like to record something for the show, send it in to us and we'll feature it in an upcoming episode. If you don't have any way to record, you can give our voicemail line a call and leave us a message. That number is 732 725-7763. Thanks for listening, and enjoy. No, I'm I'm simply saying that life uh, finds a way.